Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. This is Kevin Brooker. Welcome to Cruising Through Retirement. You know, a lot of us are worried about higher taxes as we ease into retirement. On today's show, we're going to cover four strategies to help you cut that tax bill. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Sadal. Kevin, independent advisor representative, uh, fiduciary, Silverleaf Financial is where you find him. Helping folks for more than 30 years, teaching a lot along the way. Uh, Kevin's also an author, The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. You can find that at the website, silverleaffinancial.com. Silverleaffinancial.com. Get your own copy of that book. It's a quick read, and it's really, really important, I think, uh, to uh, you know, just get some insight there. You, you know what, Stephen? I appreciate you mentioning that. Uh, the the book, guys, is something that it's it's free. There's no charge. There's no obligation. Just go to the website. Just put in your contact info, and I'm happy to email it to you. Uh, or I can mail you the actual uh, you know paper copy if you prefer. Uh, but we'll give you some strategies and some ideas uh, of things that you can implement in your own personal life using your existing assets. Uh, so that if you do have to deal with long-term care, you've got to pay for some sort of long-term care, you can do it with tax-free money. And obviously nobody, you know, nobody expects or wants to have to pay for long-term care, but the fact is over half the population is going to need it in one form or another, uh, unfortunately. And I'm here to say, you know what, if you can save 20, 30, 40% from not paying taxes on that money, why in the world wouldn't you want to do it? Right? So just give me a call or go into the website uh, the book is the book is free of charge. There's no obligation. I'm happy to share it with you and give you these ideas. 800-975-6717 is the number you can call folks or just visit the website, silverleaffinancial.com. All right. You mentioned taxes. We've got taxes on our minds. Well, getting into retirement, we've always got taxes on our mind and creating some tax efficient plans is kind of one of the things that you do, uh, Kevin. And and uh, yes. what, what are we thinking? Well, you know, you know, I think a lot of times, uh, a, lot of, a lot of times, Steve, when I sit down with folks, I talk to them and we talk about the money they've got put away. Um, and and ver, ver, the, the great majority of money that the people that I've met 
uh, the money resides, the money they have, it resides in a 401k plan or a 403b or some type of a retirement plan uh, that's pre-tax money. And so one of the unfortunate parts that we have, can you know, conversate, one of the parts of the conversation we have that's, you know, uh, let's say some people might not want to hear is that you got to remember to knock off 25% maybe of whatever you have. So if you've got a million dollars, you probably really only have, have more like seven or 750 because you're going to have to pay tax at income tax rates, guys, income tax rates, not capital gains tax rates. All right. Any vehicle, I, I want to say in my, uh, uh, in my opinion, as far as I can think right now, every vehicle that is tax deferred, that grows tax deferred, let's say, for instance, an annuity grows tax deferred while the money is in there. And then when you come out, the gains are taxed like income tax. That's the exact same treatment for an IRA, a traditional IRA. You put the money in there, you get the tax deduction, it's tax deferred. And then when you, when you bring it out, um, you know, you're paying tax on, the, on your gains, assuming all of it's taxable. It's all taxed like income tax. Yeah. So it's really going to come down to figuring out the tax you're going to have to pay in retirement is really going to come back to what is your overall effective tax rate. And in a lot of folks that I work with, it's generally, you know, in the 20 to 25% range. Um, of course, it depends on what state you live in, whether we have to include state tax as well, uh, because that money will be subject to state tax, just like any other income. So you want to make sure you're considering this, um, you know, when, you, uh, when you're doing your planning. And that is something any good advisor is going to work with you on. Because what, we're, what we want to be aware of and always be conscious of is that there's many other things that can be impacted that can cost you more money, okay, based on how much income you have. Because, for instance, your Medicare, um, you know, your Medicare Part B that you pay for, I believe it's, what, $165 a month, I think, in, in 2023? Yeah, just uh, around there, yep. Right? And it actually went down a little bit from last year, which was very surprising to me. Um, and I don't expect that I don't expect that to continue. And I don't think anybody should plan on that continuing. Um, personally, I'm planning on it, you know, to be up maybe 40 or 50% before, before I, before I get there. And, and that's what I'm using as my budgeting my, and my planning is, you know, much higher costs over time. And so what I'm getting at is that 165 is for people up to a certain income level. Once your income goes over a certain level, then the cost of your Medicare go jumps up higher. If you're making over half a million dollars a year, I want to say that Medicare premium is over 500 bucks a month versus wow. 165. All right. So if you're a married couple with that high income, that's a pretty, you know, it's maybe an extra thousand bucks a month is going to cost you. So it, it's, it's important that you look at the tax implications, you know, for other things in your life, as opposed to just, you know, just the immediate impact of the income tax. Right. Sure. Um, and, in also, and in some cases it affects property taxes. Some people have property tax freezes, which freezes them out of their property tax based on their income. You can blow that out of the water if you have too much income in one year because of a big withdrawal from a 401k or an IRA. Wow. All right. Well, let's get into some of the strategies that you've laid out here for us. Um, And this is one I know we've talked about it before on occasion, but it's one that I don't think a lot of people are aware of. It's called a partial in-service rollover from the 401k. What happens there? Yes. And you know what? what I I always refer to it as an in-service distribution. All, All right. right. And, 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 and that is, that is a rollover. Okay. And one thing to, the first thing to note is that you have to be at least 59 and a half to take advantage of this. Okay. That's number one. All right. And then number two is you need to check with your company, your HR person or your benefits coordinator, or whoever helps you out, you know, with your 401k and things like that at work, whoever that person is, you need to talk to them and ask them, does your company's plan allow for in-service distributions 
uh, or, you know, as we mentioned here, or an in-service rollover. And what that means is while you're still working there, you don't have to quit. You know, you don't have to separate employment or anything like that. Because uh, a lot of us know, you know, if you if you do leave an employer, you can move that, last, that 401k from a previous employer. Um, if, in this case, you're still working there. You're maintaining employment. You're over 59 and a half. And you say, you know what? I want to get into some other investments that aren't available in my company's 401k plan. You know, there most companies 401k, you might have 50, you know, you've got a plan menu where you can choose the investments. Maybe you've got 15 choices, maybe 20, maybe less than that. But the fact is you don't have nearly as many as are available in the overall marketplace. And for instance, if you want to do individual stocks, um, you generally can't do those other than your own company's stock in your 401k. Uh, or, if, or if you want to get into any number of other types of investments, you can do that with an IRA. And so it really is a great way to diversify because you don't have to move all of it, right? You could leave half of it in your current plan or 75% or whatever you want, but you can, by moving it, you can move a piece of that money if you're able to do the in-service distribution to put it into an IRA so it's not taxable. We do a direct, direct transfer. In other words, you don't receive a check, Okay. That's got other implications, and definitely talk to me if you're if you've done that or if you're thinking about it, uh, because you can only do one of those per year now, guys. It used to be unlimited, but if you try to do more than one per year now, it is not going to be tax free. You can pay tax on the whole thing if you do more than one rollover per year. Oh, All right? wow! So, so it's important to do it do a direct transfer, so it goes directly from your company to the the new investment company that's handling your IRA. All right. And this is something I do all, you know, I do this all day, every day. This is what I do. So I can help you get it done the proper way, make sure it's done in a way that doesn't cause any penalties or any taxes. And we can put it into an account where the entire investment world is open to you. So you get much, much more diversification, which is going to lower your risk and give you the ability to take advantage of other opportunities that aren't inside of your 401k. Yeah, well, uh, that just makes good sense to me. And you know, we talk about uh, the the partial rollover or the 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 uh, distribution, if you will. Um, but let's talk about Roth IRA conversions. And I know we've talked about them before, but you know, that is still something that that can be a real advantage to some people if it makes sense. Yes, no doubt about it, no doubt. And, and the part, and you led me right to it, Steve. The part. That we're talking about before we started off, I started off saying, how can we reduce those taxes in retirement? All right. This is the two-step process. So when you do this in-service distribution from your 401k, which is pre-tax, right? Mm -hmm. You distribute it to an IRA, right? Which is pre-tax. And then we're going to do a conversion. We're going to convert it to a Roth IRA. And what this means, obviously, we're going to have a conversation. We're going to look at the overall situation. I'm going to get an in-depth knowledge of what you're trying to do, what your plans are. So we can make sure, first of all, that it makes sense for you to do this, right? We're going to pay attention to the tax brackets, overall income, because we don't want to bump you up. You know, maybe some people are okay actually being bumped up to a higher tax bracket because they realize it's only income above a certain level that is taxed at the higher rate, right? So you mm -hmm. got to remember when, you, when, you're, when you're talking about these things, it doesn't move up the tax. I mean, it moves up your overall tax, but it, let's say if you're in the 10% tax bracket, and you have a high income year, it doesn't mean everything in your that, that you made is going to be taxed at the higher level. We all get taxed progressively based on the amount of income. So the first piece of income is taxed at a lower rate, the next at a, at a little bit higher. And so if you're five grand over, you know, higher than the last tax bracket, it's just that five grand that you're paying the higher piece of tax on. All right. So mm -hmm. we want to take a look at the overall situation and we want to weigh how much you're going to, you know, how, how much do we think we're making in retirement? And then what do you think is going to happen to tax brackets? 
do you think tax tax effective effective tax rates are going to be higher in the future? And if you do, maybe it makes sense to convert some of that money. Again, you don't have to convert all of it. We want to make sure that as we're talking about in-service distributions, as we're talking about Roth conversions, that you realize that these don't have to be all or none. Okay. It's very important. You can just do pieces of it. You know, maybe, maybe you move, maybe you convert 10 grand a year or 20 grand or whatever the number is for you. Mm-hmm. That's the added amount you'll pay tax on that will be treated as income. That once you move it into that Roth, once we convert it, now that money's growing tax free forever. All right. So even if, you know, even if you uh, uh, don't need it, it can grow tax free for a long, long time. You leave it to, to a beneficiary, you leave it to a child. It can keep on growing tax free for another 10 years. All right. Not indefinitely as it used to be but at least they will continue to get that tax-free benefit um, for at least the next decade. So there's a lot of benefits to a Roth. I am a big believer in them. I have Roth IRAs set up for both myself and my wife with the idea being that in retirement, I am going to manage our distributions in a way that for one particular calendar year or two or three, who knows how many, but I'm going to manage it in a way that I pay no income tax, period. That's my goal. And, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm just really looking forward to not having to pay any income tax. And, and so I've set up a lot of, my, uh, of our accounts tax-free with Roth IRAs uh, for that specific purpose. But it all comes down to your individual situation to see if it makes sense. But I'm happy to help you make that decision. Sure. Visit the website, folks, silverleaffinancial.com. It's a great place to start. You can connect with Kevin right there, or you can call him direct 800-975-6717. All right. So we have the partial in-service rollover, the Roth conversion. All right. Everybody's favorite topic, life insurance. So where does oh. that fit in? And, and But again, I think that from what I've learned is from you is is that over the last 10 years or so, life insurance has really changed. It has, it has, and, and you know, there's there's a lot of advantages to life insurance that a lot of, that a lot of folks don't realize. Um, it's not just about the death benefit, you know, the payout if somebody passes or when they pass. Uh, there's also other benefits that you can that you can take advantage of. Again, if it makes sense for your situation. Now, first of all, everyone knows or should know that there are expenses to life insurance, right? Because the insurance company is taking taking a risk of how long you're going to pay the premium, knowing that they're going to pay out X amount of money at some point in time. And, and there is an expense associated with that, um, as there is with per, virtually all investments and, and, and most things out there, right? Uh, but the benefit of life insurance is that you, some, and these are some policies, okay? I, I really, it, it always bothers me when a writer at a newspaper or a magazine or somebody speaks about it, and they talk about it as though they're all the same, because they're not, all right? Just like I've mentioned many times on the show, annuities are not all the same. They have some underlying characteristics but they have a lot of different features from one to another. And I always talk about, and I use the example of a car, right? You can talk about a car, but there's a lot of variations, right? They're not all the same. They've got common characteristics, but there's a lot of different features from one to another. And it's the same thing with these investment vehicles. And it's the same thing with life insurance. Like a term life insurance policy, you're getting, you're only paying, the reason it's cheap is because you're only paying for that death benefit. There's really no other benefit to term. It's the best way to go if all you're trying to do is cover a life in case, you know, like, like when somebody newly is newly married and only one person works, we want to make sure that the family is covered and protected if something happens to that breadwinner. All right. But they don't need, they might not need the other coverages that would, that would add to the cost of life insurance. And, and so what I'm talking about, there are permanent types of life insurance that will cover you, you know, if you lived 120 um, and they have features inside of them that allow you to build up cash value. And then as time goes by, if you, if you decide, you know what, 
I want I want to pull out ten grand to go on a little, you know a little vacation or something. Me and my wife, you can do it in a way that that is tax free, right? Tax free, where you take out the money, but you don't have to pay tax on it. And the way you're doing it is structured as it's structured as a loan, and you're paying the interest back to yourself. So a lot of people like it because it it is a, another way to generate income, to generate some extra capital that you don't have to pay tax on if it's structured properly, and the cost can be very very low because you're paying the interest back to yourself. And it's tax free. Wow, that's I mean, what a great breakdown of that, Kevin. Really, and that was that was really good. The and oh, I, I appreciate folks, this. Yeah, well, I mean, again, it's you put it in a way that it makes sense. I mean, you just you just follow along. And again, folks, if that's something that's of interest to you, reach out to Kevin and and really have a you know sit down and talk about it. Um, all right, we're gonna. I want to get back to life insurance, but I first want to talk about uh, about fixed indexed annuities. You talked about different kinds of annuities. This one seems to be the preferred one. It, you know what it is to me. And, and I prefer the fixed index annuities. And well, these days, I'll tell you what, I like regular plain fixed annuities these days too, because interest rates are up to, I can get about five and a half percent guaranteed for five years. No fees, no charges, no risk. Um, just a plain vanilla guaranteed rate, kind of like a bank CD, except you don't pay tax on the interest until you take the money out. Uh, so it's tax deferred, like I had talked about earlier. So that's one type of products. That's one type of annuities, a ton of money. In fact, record amounts of money are going into index annuities right now because of these guarantees. They're going into fixed rate annuities because the rates are much better than the banks. Um, and, and so a lot of people are taking advantage of that. I just saw numbers that came out for the first quarter. I want to say it was like $85 billion in the I think it was for the, for the first quarter. Um, so, so there's a significant amount of money going into these because of the guarantees uh, and the benefits that they offer. There's another category called variable annuities that those are the ones most writers talk about with the high expenses. You can have expenses as high as four or 5% inside of these. I don't generally recommend them. Um, and then there's a third category that are called your fixed index annuities. We call them fixed because they have a guarantee you can't lose principal, okay? The index part is what how, is how you make your money. So they're tied to the index, let's say the S&P 500 index, and but they do have limitations, right? Anybody that tells you we're not going to give you any of the risk, but we're going to give you all of the gain is just lying and you need to just leave. All right. <laughs> yes. Nobody, right? Nobody could do that. You just ask, you, you know, I think the good way to, to answer these questions, if you ever think it's too good to be true, ask yourself if you could do it. Switch roles, put yourself on the other side. Let's say you're the insurance company. How exactly are you going to give somebody all the upside and none of the risk? It's, it's impossible. You can't do it. The only way you can do it is because you have to hedge. So the insurance company has to go out and they have to buy products that hedge themselves so that they can afford to do this. The hedges cost money. That's where your expenses come into play. And okay. so right now, though, you can get caps as high as 10 and 11 percent. I've seen I've seen 11 and 12, actually, on the S&P 500, which are very, very generous caps, very nice caps. So in other words, you can make let's say it's 11 percent. The S&P 500 goes up, goes up 11 percent. You make all of it. All right. The S&P goes up 6%, you make all of it. But if the S&P goes up more than 11% in that one calendar year, that's based on the anniversary of your policy, not a calendar year, you know, like the normal calendar, but if your policy was issued June 15th, then your calendar year is June 15th to the next, you know, June 14th, I guess, or yeah. 15th. You know, so it's it's the 12 months from the issue date of your policy. So you can make up to 11% on the S&P 500 if the market goes up, if the S&P goes up more than that, then you're going to be capped at 11%. That's the trade-off in order to not have any risk of a loss. So if the markets go down and the market loses money, 
your principal is protected by a contract. You have a contractual guarantee that you can't lose money because of a market loss. So there's a lot of people find these really attractive. And I can tell you, I've got a lot of clients that, that really love these things because when they see the market going down, they just think to themselves, you know, they kind of chuckle themselves because, you know, it's like, I'm not losing a penny. I'm protected. I'm, I'm, I'm covered. Yeah. So if you would be happy, if you're an investor that would be happy with moderate returns, I generally say six, seven, maybe 8%. If you'd be happy in that range, okay, now that would help you get to your goals, then this might be the, this might be a great solution for you. All right. If you're happy with those, if you'd be happy with those returns, in my view, you don't need to take the risk of loss in the stock market because I believe you can get those types of returns with products just like this that that have these guarantees that have good good per, uh, you know good terms, okay? Which not all of them do, guys. It is important to understand there's a lot of companies that offer these, and you want to remember when you think about your home insurance, your auto insurance. If you call five companies, you're going to get five different prices, right? Yeah, they do the same thing with these types of products, so they have very different terms. One company might give you a potential earn up 11% on the S&P. Another company might only give you seven. All right. So my job is to find you the one that has the best potential growth along with the safety and the other features that we need. That's what a good advisor is going to help you do. All right. I like that. And uh, so I mentioned I was going to go back to life insurance because we were talking about uh, fixed. So what about uh, universal index life insurance? Uh, that's that's going to be that, that's a similar that's a similar vehicle. It's a life insurance product, except that the way it makes money and the way that it gains is because it's also tied to an index. So um, so the if if the indexes that you choose with the allocation of your money inside of this product, uh, if those indexes perform well, then the account can grow, you know, subject to the terms uh, and subject to the caps of that index. So it'll work on a similar basis, but it also has a death benefit feature. Um, which some people find very attractive. So if you if you are interested, if you think, if you believe in the market, you're a long term investor, then then a universal index life policy might make sense to you. And and see, this is where we get we're getting into uh, some different types of products, different types of life insurance. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing that everyone should remember. There's a there's a lot of different types. They have a lot of different features. Some of these have long term care provisions. Where let's say you've got a million dollar life insurance policy. Um, and, and, and something happens, you need some sort of long-term care. A lot of policies, uh, they allow you to access, um, that death benefit. All right. But you can use it for long-term care. So now of course it will reduce the payout to your beneficiaries, but it provides you another, another, another benefit, right? Cause a lot of people, when I, when I say life insurance, they're like, well, that's not going to help me out. Right. <laughs> and I say, well, I say, you're right about a term policy. It's not going to help you out. But other policies such as this, if it's got those types of features, which a lot of people find very attractive, they say, you know what, if I need it for long-term care, I've got it. But if I don't, then I'm going to leave it to my kids through the death benefit when I pass. And that's something that one of these policies might be, might be able to do. And it might be something worth taking a look at. And guys, my whole, my whole philosophy with these types of things is to just look at it, be aware of it, and try to understand how it might benefit you. And then you th- and then you, you think about it and consider it whether it makes sense for your situation. It might be yes, it might be no. Um, I don't have an agenda personally. I, I and I'll not hope this doesn't sound bad, but I don't really care. All right, which product you invest in or, or what which company it is with, because before I suggest it to you, I know it's a quality product and a quality company, and I'm trying to give you solutions that'll help you get where you want to be. But I don't know the exact route we're going to take until I get feedback from you. 
and working with you and talking to you, that's how we can come up with the best solutions that make the most sense for your individual situation, because this is not a cookie cutter approach. Everybody gets, you know, is, is a custom solution. And, and I do my best to figure out what that custom solution will be. All right, uh, man, that's great. Uh, so basically, we want to we want to kind of avoid those tax worries, and and it sounds like you've got some strategies, multiple strategies that can really help us do that. Oh, I, I definitely do, and we and we all, you know, of course, there's also tax. You know, there there might be tax free bonds that make sense for you, mm-hmm. or perhaps perhaps a health savings account might work for you if you have some sort of self employment income. If you're self employed, if you have a part time gig on the side. Um, and so, so there, there are rules that dictate whether you qualify, but a health savings account or an HSA, as we call it, that to me is the, is the, uh, the crown jewel of tax free because with a health savings account, the money you put in is tax deductible. It grows tax free and it comes out tax free. It's triple it's tax free all around. All right. Yeah. We know that with IRAs, you're, you're paying tax on one side or the other, right? Right. It, of course. It, it, it is. I think it's a great vehicle. I also have, I, I, I have one of these set up for myself and my wife. Um, so I think a health savings account is another great vehicle that you can grow tax free. And then when you're retired in your seventies, you know, you know that pulling that money out, uh, there's a lot of uses you can use it for virtually almost anything health related, including, you know, a dentist and optometry and chiropractic, uh, aside from the obvious things. So I am very confident it's not going to be a problem uh, finding a qualified medical expense, uh, you know, to pay that out. And guys, you know what? Let me give you another tip on an HSA. If anyone's eligible for this, please give me a call. I'd love to talk to you about it because there's something unique to these products and, and that you can, um, you don't have to spend it in the same year or at the same time in which you need it. In other words, what me and my wife are doing is we're putting money into the HSA. I'm not touching it. I'm leaving this HSA alone and it's growing probably for another 15, 20 years. Sure. Tax-free, right? And mm-hmm. meanwhile, what we're doing is we're ca- keeping track of all of our medical expenses. We're tracking them all. We've got them in folders and we're tracking them all. And then down the rope, and we're paying them now with out-of-pocket money because the IRS, our government, allows you to pay those bills now. And then later on, 10, 15, 20 years from now, I can reimburse myself from the HSA tax-free legally. All right? Wow. So- so that's Kevin, what that I'm is doing. A, that is that. Well, you want to about dropping a bombshell? That's amazing. I think it's a fantastic opportunity because yeah, me too. It, you know, if I don't need it for other things, I told my wife. I said, "Well, we're, we're going to be taking some nice vacations, right? Okay. Yeah, right. With tax with tax free money, and and so um, so there are some great tools out there, guys. If you do want to reduce your taxes, um, you can really we can we, I can show you how to do that. Um, you know, and and because I think it's important that. The uh, uh, everybody realize that that all of these things interact and affect one another, right? For instance, your social security. For most people, if you've got taxable income uh, even twenty grand or more, chances are that eighty five percent of your social security is going to be taxable, right? But mm-hmm. if if the income you're bringing in is coming from a Roth IRA, then for the entire year and there was no other income other than Roth IRA, then that means your social security for that year will be tax free too. And that's how I'm planning to do it. I will, I will look at it on a account. This is on a calendar year basis. We monitor it. We look at it. And if the only income you bring in is from a Roth IRA or an HSA account or a loan from a life insurance policy, right, then you won't have to pay tax on Social Security either. And that should probably add another five, six grand, you know, put it, put it in your pocket if you don't pay tax on Social Security. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's fantastic. So, what a great way to so, go. So to me, it, it all adds up. It all adds up. And, and, 
And I, I, I do want to take a quick minute yeah. to get political. Let me apologize in advance. But I have a question for Republicans that you need to explain to me. And guys, I'm independent. All right. I'm what's called a swing voter. Uh, I have voted Republican. I have voted Democrat. And what I don't understand with the Republicans, they say they're concerned about the debt. They put up these protests. They, they wanted to block legislation because the deficits and our national debt is too high. So why then don't they want the IRS to collect all the outstanding debt that's owed? Guys, do you know that over $500 billion per year goes uncollected in IRS tax? These are taxes that are, are people already owe. This isn't raising taxes. These are tax cheats. Tech, people that are not paying the taxes that they owe, $500 billion a year. So over a decade, the, the uh, Congressional Budget Office estimates 6 to $7 trillion over 10 years. That's, our, that's owed. So if a party is saying, if a person is saying they want to cut our deficit, they want to reduce our debt, why in the world don't they want us to collect all the taxes that are already owed? Because you make and, too much and, sense, Kevin. Does it make sense, Steve? Because yes, yeah, so, no, that's what I'm saying. It makes two sense. I mean, it makes too much sense for a lot of folks. I mean, I'm with you. I'm an independent guy. I've voted both ways. But again, you're right. I, I'm with you on this one, 100. percent I, I, I just, you know, I hated it. You know, I, I actually, okay. Nobody likes to pay more taxes, guys. No, I don't of like course to pay, not. Right? I don't like paying them either. Okay, but I also feel like we have all got civic responsibility. You know, to take care of, to take care. This is our home, the country. It's our home. This is what we need to take care of it, right? And and I'm. This doesn't even have to do with raising taxes. Just collect what is already owed. Well, and, yeah, and that I didn't realize those numbers were that big. They're huge. You know, you, you know the the latest number that I found, Steve, was eighty four percent. In other words, we only collect eighty four percent of the total tax liability that's owed. We're not we're not collecting sixteen percent of what's <laughs> owed, right? Can you yeah. imagine? Can you imagine an individual and an employer saying, "You know what? I'm just going to pay eighty four percent of your salary. I'm not going to give you the other 16. When I mean, there would be a yeah. revolt, right? There would be a revolt for sure, absolutely. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, let's increase enforcement against these deadbeats, which a lot of them guys are millionaires, right? You're not getting all this money from a guy making forty grand, right? No, it, it, no, no, no. These are the people that are high income earners that have expensive lawyers and expensive accountants, and they're helping them cheat on their taxes. And I'm just saying, why don't we collect everything that's owed? Right. If we're going to talk about how we've got too much debt, then why don't you collect all the money that's owed to us so we can reduce our debt? And, sure. and to, for the for the for the GOP to argue that we don't need as many IRS people at the same time, we're not collecting everything that's owed, I think is outrageous. And and I think they should be called out on it. And 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 it, and it uh, it's just something I wanted to mention. I don't understand well, it. And, I, and, I, I agree. and I would like us to collect everything that's owed. Well, and again, perhaps that's the, that's the message that needs to get out, that that's the reason, because, you know, well, I mean, again, a lot of folks are just sort of overreacting to that. But at the same time, yeah, tell that story. I've not heard that story. I heard it from you. That, that's And that's what I, 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 and I really say to myself, I hope just somebody can pick up on this, but have the public start, somebody start talking about it, somebody that has a big following. Let's get all, let's collect all the money that is owed to us. Yeah. Okay. And and the and the five hundred billion a year, um, that that's only like ten percent of that. It's like ten percent is penalty. The other ninety percent is is the actual dollars that are owed by the tax cheats that don't want to pay their bill. And so I think that there are plenty of ways we can reduce our debt, reduce our spending, without having to resort to other things like increasing taxes on the middle class. The other thing I would suggest: Did you guys know 
real quickly that in 1978, the average CEO of a company made 30 times his average or her average employee. So the CEO pay versus, let's say, somebody on the production line mm-hmm. was 30 times. Oof. Do you know what it is today? Probably 400 more? times. <laughs> oh my gosh. 400 oh. times. So that's when we talk about the separation. The rich have become so much richer, but the rest of us, eh, not so much, right? Not so much. And, and so what I'm saying is, I mean, the average CEO pay on the top 350 companies is $27 million, right? But our tax brackets, for some reason, stop at what? Half a million? 750 or something? I don't even know. Yeah, I've never yeah. been up at that level. No. So my, my point is, I, I think we need to seriously increase marginal tax rates on the high income people the people that are making over half a million a year, all right? And they should continue to go higher. Why wouldn't we want to do that if we truly want to reduce our nation's debt? Why wouldn't we tax these people that are making so much more that have such a greater advantage now than than they did 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago? All right. All right, let's do it. All right, so that's that's my, that's my two cents on the political side, guys. We, we, we can solve our problems. We just have to uh, have to examine everything that's going on and make sure we understand everything that's happening because um, it, it, it doesn't mean we have to b- bump taxes on middle-class folks. All right. Well, hey, Kevin, uh, one last thing. Uh, as we recorded this, uh, I just got a note from CNN. The U.S. Fed pauses its rate-hiking campaign, announcing no new increase. What does that do for you? Oh, the, well, that is, that is great news because that's what the, that's what the markets were, were, were counting on. Um, but I'm going to bet you that we might even have a negative reaction to it because that is what the markets anticipated. The market's been saying the probability of a Fed rate hike this month in June was, was I believe, below 50%. Mm-hmm. Um, there is still talk of a hike in July, guys. So make sure you don't think that the pause doesn't mean a pivot. It doesn't mean they're going to start to cut anytime soon. It just means they're taking a break. I was hoping that they would use the word skip because I think that implies it's more clear that they're just taking up, you know, that they're not going to, that doesn't mean we're turning and going lower in rates. So I think it's a good thing, but I would not be surprised at a, at a, at a market sell off a little bit because, because it's been going up in anticipation. I think we just hit a, a 52 week high on the S&P 500, I think a day or two ago. Yeah, I think um, so. You know, we had stocks like Tesla going up what 13 days in a row, I think. Um, NASDAQ is up what 30% for the year. So we've seen, we've seen really some pretty significant gains so far this year. So what I'm saying is don't be dissuaded from your investment strategy, just if, even if, whether we see a market sell-off or not. I think, I think it'd be healthy, actually, if we did see a little bit of a sell-off. And I'm talking, you know, maybe 3 or 4%, nothing massive, all right? But keep on buying. I think, I think it's important if you're a long-term investor, keep on buying with every paycheck, every month, put money away. Over the long term, you'll be, you'll be very happy that you did. That sounds great, Kevin. Thanks. Let's, uh, let's rejoin next week and see where things are at. That sounds perfect, guys. I, I hope you enjoyed it. And if you have any questions you'd like to talk, feel free to call anytime. Provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. 
There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, host, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, members FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today.